Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to AZ Brandcast, where we talk to all sorts of awesome people about the power of brand and how to build great brands in our remarkable state of Arizona. I'm your host, Mike Jones, with my co-host, Chris Stadler. What's up? Yeah, and we're super excited to have Chris Ronzio on the show today. Hey, guys. And uh, Chris, just a little intro for Chris Ronzio. Uh, he built a video production company. He sold that. Then he founded an operations consulting company, uh, which is actually how I think I first met you uh, a few I years so. ago. You were, you were doing that and trying to scale that to create scalable systems and processes for other companies. And then through that experience, and I'm really excited to get into this today, uh, he's now built and running Trainual an online platform to quickly document processes for easy delegation so you can scale your team. Um, and really cool part is Trainual is based right here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. which is why you're on the show. Because <laughs> we love talking to people who've either built or running or scaling uh, a great brand here in Arizona. And we're really excited to have you on the show, Chris, and talk more about your experience with Trainual what you're doing with Trainual, kind of what problems you're solving with it, but also your experience building that company and scaling it here. And we've already started talking a little bit about like, you know, kind of how do you manage a team? How do you build a team? What are different like pitfalls of doing that remote versus doing that local? Uh, so I'm really excited to get into that. Awesome. But first, we have to mention our sponsor. Chris, you want to take that? That's right. So uh, Conscious Capitalism, you may have heard of it before. Um <laughs> There are awesome friends and sponsors of the show. Uh, <clears throat> they're a local associ- association on a mission to share with the whole world how doing good in your business is just good business. Right, Mike? It is. It this, really is. This local chapter of Conscious Capitalism Incorporated has tons of local events and provides resources for business leaders to instill a higher purpose in their company and engage all their stakeholders, which is so hot right now. So hot. Uh, want to be conscious, but don't know how get in touch conscious capitalism, com. That's conscious capitalism, com. Yeah. And I know they're, uh, they're taking a little bit of break from events over the summer. Um, but I do know that there are lots of events coming this fall through the Arizona chapter. Oh, there's even some summer events. Oh my goodness. They just don't, they just haven't given us secret events. All right. They're coming. So get on the website, get signed up on their newsletter. You'll be in the know before we're in the know, apparently. Yeah, do the newsletter. Yeah, yep. do the newsletter thing. So cool. Well, let's jump right in, Chris. How did you start? Like, what is Trainual? I think I want to hear that first. Oh, Chris Stella has. I the icebreaker, bro. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I forgot the icebreaker. I'm just jumping. Gosh, Mike. I'm so eager. Get with, I know. It is exciting. I'm excited. I will give you that. No, we need the icebreaker. Okay, we the, icebreaker. the icebreaker first. Well, because it's Trainual, right? And we're talking about training. Um, the question is, what is your least favorite training style? Go around the room and the the hardest way for you to learn. And is there a cool story or embarrassing, even better story? Can I start? That? Yeah, please. Yes. Can I say potty training is the, <laughs> the worst type of training? See, I don't even remember that that far. That's, so I've got, a, I've got a one and a half year old. And it's funny. He was actually wow. born nine days after we launched Trainual. And so oh, wow. just as Trainual is going through, you know, its own growing pains with scaling, he is ripping off his diaper and, and making a total mess around the house. So. Making art on the wall. So I'll start there. <laughs> scaling up one uh, process while scaling down another. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I love it. Oh man, how do I beat that? That is probably one. 
we're going through something similar right now. I won't get into the details on that. It's not it's not radio friendly. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Oh, my poor daughter. Uh anyway, uh <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. The like traditional corporate like sit everybody in a room and watch the training video experience mm. for me is like one of the worst like there's just so many things about it that chafe my personality. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a self-learner. I'm like, give me the book. Give me the like how-to videos on YouTube. Let me pace it at my own speed. Don't hold me back with everyone else who's asking lots of dumb questions. Yep. And just that like kind of like it's slow and monotonous. Like I just picture the be- – for me, it was Best Buy, right? Because that's, <laughs> that's my most probably corporate experience was working at Best Buy in college. And like the big like, all right, we have the new training video about sexual harassment. Yeah. And we're going to sit here for an <laughs> hour the and 90s. a half. Was yeah, from the, the 90s. 90s. <laughs> uh, like a decade and a half prior to when you're actually watching it. Yeah. Everyone's and, wearing overalls. and like, <laughs> You know, it was recorded 50 years ago. Yes. Um, now, if only they were smoking had, cigarettes, yeah. you know, still like inside. <laughs> They'd only had like, you know, Nirvana playing in the background. I'd be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, I know, but, right? Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. So. Yeah, just that kind of like, you know, top down, you know, one to many type of experience. Like, I'm like, just give me all the content and let me let me run with it. So, yeah, well, mine, I I don't know. So I'm going to break. I'm going to go to uh, big lecture classes. Okay. I just remember like trying to prepare for teaching the one big lecture class, the 200 plus student class that I had to teach like once a year. It was like my penance. <laughs> for for like having penance for everybody in that room <laughs> it's it's penance for having all the small classes i got yeah. to have, which is great but anyway i just preparing for that just trying to think like how would i want to be lectured to and i'm just like i i got nothing so i just like made made slideshows and walked in there just kind of like man i hate to be you guys right now and here you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah those were the worst classes big lecture classes yeah. dude 200 that was your max size no i had like I think the class max out at two sixteen or something okay. that one, but um, yeah, I remember sitting at one at ASU that was like four hundred plus. Yeah, and I was just crazy. like, this, this is insane. I think my biggest class ever was like forty. That Dude, sounds awesome. School. Wow, where'd you? Go where to was school? that? Bentley University in Massachusetts. Okay, by Dude. Boston. Yeah, but yeah. I can't imagine when people tell me they've got five hundred people in their class. What that's like? Oh, you have like. I had you have like two graduate teaching fellows to kind of like do the grading and stuff, so it's not as bad as it sounds, but still, yeah, you, you probably could get use more like resources a, a t shirt cannon. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like, but then it's like you're a cop too because, like, during test days, oh man, oh. dude, yeah, that's another story for another day, but yeah, uh, yeah, no fun. Yeah, those <laughs> classes got me in a lot, of, they built some habits in college I shouldn't have had, like not showing up. <laughs> 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 that's a bad habit it's a bad it's a really bad habit so for all you listeners who are in high school or college stay in school all right just stay in school, just, just stay in school. <laughs> don't do drugs don't do all drugs stuff. stay in school so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna hog the first question yeah, do it. so chris why'd you start train you great question so it actually came out of a bunch of different entrepreneurial experiences i had so my first company was a video production company like you mentioned in the intro 
And the biggest thing we did in that company was we had online training for camera operators around the country that we were trying to get mm-hmm. up to speed to shoot youth sporting events. And mm-hmm. so you can imagine there's a lot of creepy camera guys and we needed to filter them and train them and, and you know, get them ready to do a youth youth event <laughs> on our behalf. And so training was huge. Okay. So then I rolled that experience into the consulting. And as I was working with other entrepreneurs, Everybody wants to be more efficient or productive and they want to use the coolest systems. And when we made those changes, every time they'd say, great, can you put together the training and show everybody <laughs> the new way to do things? <laughs> so I found myself doing it again. And so the, the, you know, the reason we built Trainual was for ourselves. It was initially a, a product in my consulting business. And so we'd go in, we'd tear apart their systems and their workflows. We'd rebuild it with new tools and then we'd write the manual with Trainual and roll it out. And so that's kind of where it came from. And then, you know, at the the a couple of years into it, I saw that there was just this gap. I'd go in and talk to a lot of people and and say, how do you onboard new employees? Or how do you train people? And they'd say, Google Docs. Yeah. And, you know, we, we laughed about that before we yep. even started recording. But that's what everyone does, right? Yep. You've got paper or Google Sheets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge gap between that and what big companies do. And so that's where Trainual came from. It was how do we do this as simple as possible so that you can document or write down all the knowledge inside the business and make it accessible for people so they're trained consistently, you know, unlike the boring Best Buy experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Man, whenever I need to learn something new, though, like if I'm working on my truck or car or something like that, I always I, I just jump on YouTube. Like I don't have to totally. open the Chilton's manual anymore and try to like decipher and try to figure out what that black and white image is going on. What's like <laughs> what's going on in that image? You know, yeah. The I see a diagram. <laughs> yeah, just go to YouTube and like watch it, three videos, get three points of view. Like if I was in algebra and in high school, dude, algebra would have been so much easier. <laughs> you know, it's funny how learning something new has evolved so much. You know, you yeah, you just look something up on YouTube, or there's so much data accessible to you online. And so there's a lot of content for external training, external knowledge. And so we're focused more on the internal. You know, mm-hmm. what what have you learned just by being in business? What are the best practices? And how do you make sure everyone's on the same page? Yep. But like video fills in so so many of the like interstitial steps and oh yeah know, totally. that uh that like a Google Doc could or or a Chilton's manual, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. and and with a Google Doc, you know the biggest thing, biggest problem I had because we use those mm-hmm. too is you send them to someone and you don't know if they looked at it, you don't yeah. know if they read it, you know, and so it's getting uh, that feedback loop is yes. huge. Can you kind of just walk us through at a high level what is Trainual? How does it work? You know, kind of what are some of the problems you're solving with it? Yeah, sure. So it's if you can write a blog post or a Google Doc, you can create in Trainual. You build step-by-step processes or policies or anything you want to describe. You can use text, graphics, screenshots, screen recordings, video, embed things, you know, HTML. So anything you want to centralize to deliver to people, you bring in there. Then you just build a sequence of here's what I want you to learn in in this order. And you tag the material to a role in the business. Hmm. So you say, okay, we're hiring a new account rep. Here's what they need to know, start to finish. And then it's one click when you hire that new person to just onboard them, teach them about your company, teach them about the department, about the role, and it reports their progress the whole way. And That's you can awesome. build tests if you want. So it's it's a pretty simple system. That's very cool. I dig it. I dig it too. I, I knew you would. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I knew that you could. Um, 
Yeah, I were. I mean, we're you know sort of doing a little bit of that right now. It's just mm-hmm. the processes can change sometimes, you know. So you're trying to they're stabilizing gradually, but they just kind of change. Yeah, sometimes totally. I talk about you know it's a three step process. You figure out how to do something consistently the same way every time. Mm-hmm. And small businesses are ones that are just changing and experimenting too frequently. You don't want to write anything down because it would be totally out of date next week. Yep. You know, so it's only when you've got something that's stable that you then write it down, document it. And once you write it down, then you can delegate it. And you've got some expectations set, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a like sign of a <clears throat> maturing business when you start arriving at those like, hey, we need to reduce the number of moving parts we have. We need to make some decisions, even if they may not be like perfect for every situation in the future just so we can have some consistency so we can start like having some stability and, you know. Yeah. Little by little. And it starts with just any role in the business. When you're trying to hand the first thing off, you know, it might just be answering the phone. Hmm. Like Mm -hmm. what's the way that we do that? You know, what is the company way? Let's write that down so that now we can move on to the chaos elsewhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you're in, you're in Arizona. You're Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> yeah. I love it. You so love I, it. I grew up in Massachusetts, grew up in Boston, and I chose to be out here, I guess. So, I, it, you know, I'd finished college. I was running my video company, had an office in Boston, four employees, and a bunch of contractors around the country. Mm-hmm. We traveled so much because we were doing events in all 50 states. And I would just fly back to Boston. The skies are gray. It's snowing. (laughs) The flight's canceled. And I said, you know, I could really be anywhere and run this thing. So Mm. where would I want to be? So my girlfriend at the time and I, we started traveling. We went to California, Nevada, Texas, and Florida, and then Arizona. And when we came to Scottsdale, we were like, yo, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. Found it. That's awesome. And so, uh, so yeah, set up shop here. It kept the office in Boston. And ran the company kind of from an apartment hmm. uh in Scottsdale. So to train you will start so if, so that was the that was the old company, right? Yeah, right. So train you will started in Scottsdale? Yeah, so train you will started once I had, you know, 7 or 8 years of Arizona roots. Uh, officially launched in January of 2018. Yep, so about 18 months ago, roughly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got team members here right for cha- for trainual so yeah so we've got a total team of 18 and okay. of the 18 15 are here full-time that's crazy yeah that's really cool that's like uh i don't know we were talking about this before the show it just seems like more and more software companies are building like software going more the like remote and distributed kind of model has that been like something you guys have like that you've navigated explicitly like you're hey we really want to have a more local kind of presence like how did you come to that definitely so i think when you're building a software it's easy to build a remote team Mm -hmm. you could do it and it's especially easy or practical if you want a lifestyle business Mm -hmm. so if you want a business that's profitable and that supports you as the founder or maybe a couple co-founders then you can cobble together resources around the world do it really cheaply and run a nice business but if you really want to grow you really want to scale nothing beats that in-person collaboration that you can get from just all being in a room and working together every day and having great ideas and just run into the whiteboard you know that's that's like what i always wanted i dreamed of the being 
being like the Silicon Valley guys, you know, that just would be uh, all on bean bags and, 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 <laughs> and not wear shoes. Yeah, and just work 23 hours a day. And, you like, can ride your skateboard so from your desk to the break room. Right. And there's only there's only like so much you can get on Slack, mm-hmm. you know, of that kind of camaraderie. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's like that kind of culture element that you get when people are working together in the same space at the same time. Yeah. That's a lot harder to, to develop you know, in a remote culture. Yeah. So I think I love remote and Mm -hmm. I think you can build remote teams for certain roles in the company. You know, there's certain roles that might be just individual producers that all the person needs to do is put their head down and just knock things out. And they want to just live a remote lifestyle or they're a nomad or something like that. Mm -hmm. And those people have a place in organizations, but the core team, if you're running and managing teams, I think you should be together. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. That's awesome. So I'm going back a little bit. Uh, So you came to Arizona about 10 years ago from Boston. Mm -hmm. What uh, and you said that kind of Scottsdale grabbed you guys, right? You and your it was your girlfriend, right? Who's now my wife. Now your wife. Close that. All right. Yeah. Close the loop on that. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. I have I have this slide when I I tell the story in front of an audience and and there's this slide where I say, you know, I packed everything up in this budget truck and it's like the big truck with me and my girlfriend and I say I packed everything up including my girlfriend and went you know, drove out to Scottsdale and someone called me out once at the end of the presentation and they raised their hand and they said is she still in the truck <laughs> and I was like oh okay I should probably address that so thank you shrink cliffhanger she's like it's a cliffhanger shrink wrapped her and put her in mom's attic yeah <laughs> to be continued you'll have to come back next time so she's been promoted to wife okay yeah. that's great nice yes. she's um, great what about kind of Scottsdale or maybe Arizona like really grabbed you guys? Because, I mean, you looked at you said you looked at Florida, uh, Texas, California. Um, there's some really appealing things about those different states and cities within those states. Uh, what kind of like drew you guys to Scottsdale? What made that like, hey, this is this is it. So this might sound weird, but the first was visual. You know, growing up in Boston, uh, you can't see around the next corner. There's a lot of hills. Everything's old. You just can't see. And then we came came out here and you can see for, I don't know, how far is Tucson? Like 200 miles. I feel like I can see Tucson from Phoenix. And you see the rainstorms coming and it's like, oh, don't worry. That like that won't even touch us. Uh You know, you just it's so open. The sky is so huge. Even on the highways, you know, they've got plants and rock formations that are like perfectly geometric spaced and mm. and I just loved the the how organized it mm. felt and then there's so much new build going on you know that you can tell the city's expanding it's growing past its limits into the desert whereas on the east coast it's just kind of getting denser you know that you're mm. you're getting less space and everything is getting crowded and so that really appealed to me visually and then I remember on our first day we sat down at um, I'm trying to remember what restaurant it was it might have been it was somewhere near fashion square we sat down And the waitress came over and we told her we were visiting. We just got here and she spent like 30 minutes. She sat down in our booth. She wrote out like all the awesome restaurants we had to try, the places in town we should look at for apartments. And I thought, wow, that's awesome that someone cares that much that they want to share this with us. So that is awesome. Caught my attention. That's very cool. It's very cool. Did did, did you find, um, did you find uh, Scottsdale to be kind of a good place to start your business? You know, I've always had a a philosophy to build my business around my life. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like Scottsdale was the place I wanted to build my life. Mm -hmm. And then the business would follow suit. Mm -hmm. Have you found it to be like, how how has it been uh, running a business in Arizona? It's been great. I mean, the, the the people here are amazing. The community is so supportive. There's this entrepreneurial vibe. 
mm. you know, that, that um, I, which I think is, has been at ASU and I think has been mm. at, you know, Max 6. And I think it, there's so many groups around here that are supporting startups and trying to build a strong foundation for this because you don't have the established, you know, tenure of 200 years of, of business going on in some of these bigger cities. And so that's contagious. Mm-hmm. There's some energy and enthusiasm that we had startup week here and, you know, and a few well, how how many years has it been three four so we just hit our fifth year fifth. and we're on to our sixth yeah so i mean to think that it's only six years of that community kind of being mobilized everyone wants to be a part of it and wants mm-hmm. to help and you see the numbers year over year of how that's grown and it's it's exciting and so so i think you know the the, the people the mentors the groups the everything feels so entrepreneurial mm-hmm. whereas in some of the bigger cities it feels more corporate mm-hmm. It was, was really interesting. Was that true in Boston too? Because I know Boston, I always think of on the East Coast or on the West Coast, it's always, right, it's always Silicon Valley. On the, on the East Coast, it seems like Boston always comes to mind uh, for startups. Mm-hmm. How would you compare that with, uh, with Arizona as far as the vibe goes? Well, Boston is all financial industry, you know, <clears throat> and so there's, there's huge banks and investment type companies and they do have a burgeoning kind of tech scene. But I think it's, it's tech companies with ideas that are are getting mounds of funding, mm. whereas here there's this bootstrap vibe of let's let's help each other, let's build real businesses. And I personally connect more with that. And you mm. can get funding, you know, you can go down that path once you've got something real. But it's not just this bubble of ideas, and that's what I've seen to be the case anytime I'm in mm. Silicon Valley, and that's what I get the feeling is it's like in Boston when I'm there too. It's like a bubble of ideas as in kind of like the housing bubble type bubble. Kind like, of. It's like, like just a little bit inflated maybe. Yeah, it's just everybody has an idea and there's money being thrown around and when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, there's nothing to to stabilize it. And I think, you know, Arizona was hit with the the real estate, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thing during the recession. And now we're building real businesses that I think uh, can can survive that. And maybe a lot of people that had experience in real estate I've talked to are now founding businesses in other areas. And I think that's really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, flipping over to train you again. Uh, I don't know if we even had this on the list, but where are you seeing, because you're about 18 months in, right? So mm-hmm. you're and I know you're starting to hit some traction and that kind of stuff. That's really cool. Where are you seeing traction with that? Like, are there certain markets where you're like, ah, okay, Trainual's like starting to really click and make sense for different niches or different kinds of businesses? Like, where is that going? I wish it was more niche niche than it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been very broad. You know, we appeal to company sizes that are sort of 10 to 300. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we play with that number, but, you know, we've got companies that are 10 to 25 that are kind of beyond where you can manage everybody with one person and they yeah. need that. Then there's companies that are 25 to 100 that are really starting to scale and, and maybe open other locations or systematize things. And then 100 to 300. And that's where you um, you just need consistency and everybody to be doing things the best practice way because there can be a huge gap between your best and your worst performers. Mm-hmm. And that's where we focus, whereas the bigger companies would use you know enterprise system, learning management software, that's more HR oriented software than operations oriented software, which is what I consider us. Yep. Industry wise, it's all over. We've mm-hmm. got, you know, customers and everything from 
retail and construction and B2B services and uh, business process outsourcing. I mean, we've got, I think, 40-something industries represented on our little drop-down menu. That's awesome. Um, and customers currently in 85 countries. Wow. So, that's incredible. Yeah, so it's... That's really cool. It's really cool. I, I refresh the map all the time just to see <laughs> if there's a new one. Um, a new pin drop on yeah. a certain country. So that's it's cool. been really cool to see that grow. Um, but it is more of a broad business play huh. that's specific to company size and less so industry. Yeah. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. So so you, you talked a minute ago. You talked a minute ago about how uh, how a certain kind of... I really like this answer. You a certain kind of business makes a little more sense in Arizona for startups, whereas, uh, you know, you have your bubble, you know, in the Valley and in, in, in Boston and places like that. But it sounds like it sounds like there's a certain kind of company that would that would flourish a little more here. Do, do you have a sense for that? Like, is there is there a different kind of company? One that one that's a little less sensitive to. Uh, so you mentioned a couple of things, funding. Um, a little less uh, in need of, uh, I don't know creating excitement for investors. I don't know. If that's, I don't know if that's what it is. Uh, companies that are stable that are, it sounded like there was more of a maturity to the startup culture here. I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd want to call out any specific industries that don't work here. Cause anybody, anyone could serve up the, the exception to the rule, you okay. know? And so I don't want to offend anyone, Yeah. <laughs> but what I think the, the companies that do the best are ones that are, are, you know, led by a founder that has industry expertise. And if someone has done a service business and has come across a business problem and they're building a, a solution around that, whether it's SaaS like ours or not, um, and then they get some traction with that problem, I think that can do really well here. Whereas if it's something that is just a far-reaching idea that you need to recruit in people with crazy experience in, in different areas, then other metropolitan areas can be better for having those resources. So I think mm. it just depends on what your experience is and the the advisors or the mentors that you have within reach. Interesting. Yeah. So that makes sense because, you know, in the in Silicon Valley, you have all kinds of access to people with a lot of different kinds of kinds of experience, whereas a place like Phoenix you might not have access to those people. You, you have access to people who have like been on the ground in different companies, maybe. Or you just have to look harder. I don't think it's yeah. that that you couldn't do any sort of business here. I think it's just that there might be, you know, one woman who has amazing expertise in the area and you've got to get it on her calendar six months from now, as opposed to you walk into a coffee shop and see 10 of those people at, at a, a city that's 10 times as big. Mm -hmm. Right. So... But I think you can build amazing businesses in Arizona. So there's, there's the I, I I started by saying you know I picked this area to build a business around the lifestyle I wanted, mm -hmm. and I think that's where we're really strong here. Mm -hmm. You know there's there's so much you can do in Arizona. You you know the all the different climates that are available, all the the different outdoor activities. You know rock climbing and hiking and swimming and and sports year round and. When I'm interviewing employees, the diversity of the things they're involved in is so cool to see. Hmm. And as a company, we can really support that because there's a different vibe in this city to support that lifestyle, I think, than there is at large companies that, you know, an investment bank that has you working 16 hours a day doesn't really care about your lifestyle, right? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe in a city that isn't as conducive to that, right? Yeah, you exactly. know, if you're in the Bay Area and you want to get out and do some of those things, you got to work a little harder. 
Yeah. Right. Or you wait until you're a partner and you've got four days of vacation or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so I think we're, you know, we're intentionally building a business here because we can invest in that lifestyle. Hmm. And, and, you know, I want to show people ar- around the rest of the world that you don't have to be in a huge city to build a huge business. Mm-hmm. You know, I have big aspirations for Trainual and I want our headquarters to be here. I want to represent Arizona and show people you don't have to sacrifice your family and your friends and your time with your kids mm-hmm. and your, you know, be a slave driver at work in order to scale a unicorn <clears throat> kind of business. You can do it with with a great lifestyle and great balance. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I have yet to... Uh, take the laptop to a swimming pool and work in the sunshine but the oh, day is got, coming gotta do it the it's day coming is coming soon i think it's so it's it's just I, all right the sun is bright the sun is bright and the laptop can't quite <laughs> yeah, you, need, you need an umbrella <laughs> yeah but uh but i know people who have <laughs> yeah so so uh so what are the so what are the biggest what are the biggest challenges about starting a business in arizona i think just the sheer number of people with SaaS experience, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm coming from a software as a service business. And when you look at the the SaaS companies that have grown and scaled and been successful in Arizona, it's a pretty short list, you know, it's a new biz, it's a new industry. And you don't have the the pools of talent you can recruit from like you might at a bigger city. Yep. I'm friends with like all the other companies yep. here. And so it's hard to, to you, you don't want to poach talent. It's only like your 450 now or whatever, you know, Greg's, Greg heads. Yeah, on Greg's his list. list. Yeah. And, and so you, you don't want to steal talent from your friends. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a bigger market, you've got a lot more available to you. So we've even tried to go outside of, of Arizona and bring people here. Mm-hmm. Our latest hire moved down from Michigan and was super excited to come here because who wouldn't want to no more shoveling snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. And, uh, and I think that's something we'll try to do more and more as we, we tout the lifestyle mm-hmm. and the, the, the sunshine here and say, come be a part of this, come, you know, get out of the, this, the town you're in now and move here. Yeah. So maybe there's a, not only like, domain expertise like there's only so many people with SaaS domain expertise here that you can kind of feed off of and learn from but also just the talent pool of people who've like worked in those organizations and can like build something right so i think that's that's the the hardest challenge um anything else i i don't think has actually been that hard i think like i said the community is extremely supportive I think you can find funding if you need funding. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 opportunity is there. The the affordability is there. The atmosphere is great. So I, I think everything is swaying in the positive. Yep. Other than we need more, we need Some more, more talent. talent. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, you can always get into move. It sounds like. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's probably a little more work. It'd be nice if they were all coming right out of the schools. Make yeah. it a little easier. Huh. We need a pipeline from some other state, yeah. you know, just just a, a huge campaign. Um, if anyone's listening and wants to band together to mm. to yeah get uh, an exodus from from I don't know, set up a campaign at a university where there is a lot of talent and just kind of like, or even just uh, just shuttle Bay Area in. campaign. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, with a bunch of rainbows and Arizona's the pot of the pot of gold. Yes, at the, you know, yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and the sun's shining on it and there's a pool. You can actually afford With an umbrella. the place you live in. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. When I moved, oh, so in yeah. Boston, I had this condo. 
It was a two bedroom condo. And my monthly payment was like $3,400. Jeez. And I came here and it was $915 for like the most luxury condo (laughs) place you could find with the pool and the hot tub and the gym. And I was like, why does anyone live in Massachusetts? (laughs) It's like, that's crazy. Totally. Yep. And Scottsdale's nice, dude. Yeah. There's some great places there. Yeah. It's just like driving through there. It's just like, am I on vacation? I'm just like driving through there. (laughs) Right. Right, there's a golf surreal. course over there, and there's a golf course over there. <laughs> yeah. And the resorts. You know, you can just yep. go to the resort for dinner, and yeah. everyone else there is on vacation, and you're like, what's up? Um, <laughs> here. This is my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's great. All right. So, so next question. Um, so who's, who's doing it right in Arizona? Who's doing it well in Arizona? Name names, if you want. Um, but besides you, well, what are some businesses that represent Arizona really well? So if you come to mind, I think some of the businesses that are more established or second time founders. I mean, I was with Brad Jananga last week at his house for an event he was hosting. And he just has this this give back sense of wanting to be a servant to the community that I love. And I mm-hmm. think the people that are operating in that way are what keeps our community growing and building. You know, Greg Scoresby, uh, Campus Logic, mm-hmm. another example, Clayt Mask with, with uh, you know, now Keep. Um, I'm meeting with both of them next week. And I think the accessibility of those founders is is investing in the community. And, and so I love that aspect of it. Um, I'm in a mastermind group in, in um, you know, EO entrepreneur organization, tons of businesses in there that are just shining examples. One um, a f- friend of mine, Veronique at the James agency. Mm-hmm. What I love is, is again, the investment in the people, you know, mm-hmm. the every 45 days they're doing some crazy thing, like those huge slides at Lake Pleasant and the, you know, the, the culture that you build and the community you build with people is what makes our, our state look great to all their friends and families mm-hmm. that live elsewhere. And I think mm-hmm. that's important. I love it. So there's like the end of the sense I, I, I'm hearing a theme throughout kind of this whole time we're talking of like that culture, right? That building that internal culture um, is something that maybe is more conducive here in Arizona. And it's something that you can really do some interesting and unique things with and really investing in the people. And totally like uh, what makes two companies that do the same thing different, it's their culture. Mm -hmm. So what at a more macro level makes business in one state versus business in another state, it's the culture. You know, you Mm -hmm. can build the same business here or California, but the culture around that business to support it and grow it and how how it shapes as it grows is going to be influenced a lot by the other companies that are around or Mm -hmm. by the other activities that are around, the other opportunities that are around. You know, the the Arizona has has phenomenal support from, you know, like we were fortunate to win the Arizona Innovation Challenge mm-hmm. and participate in Venture Ready and Venture Madness. And these types of groups and events are are what's driving the the community, you know, and, and that makes us fundamentally different than what happens in Utah or what happens in Nevada. So it's important. That's so awesome. there aren't that many opportunities like that in in other states? Sure, there are, but they but they're different. You know, they're different people. They're, they're, they're founded by people with different backgrounds. So we're unique for the the group that we put together. And I think, um, you know, I, I think if, if you like being here, you should build your business here. <laughs> yeah. Don't feel like you need to be somewhere else. Well, that, that says a lot. So the, <clears throat> the fact that people like Brad Jananga from, uh, WebPT, 
originally, yeah. And originally, now Chassis, guys, yeah. Yeah, it's got a, a new company now. Oh, nice. Okay. So so leaders like that, I mean, I think that's what makes the difference a lot of times in those. You, know, you can have all kinds of events in another state, but if you don't have the leadership and the buy-in from people and them actually getting behind it, giving it, helping to give it meaning and develop the meaning, it might not quite be the same, right? Yeah, totally. It might be a little more hollow. So I'm, I mentioned, uh, I think before we were recording, I'm headed to Flagstaff next weekend with the startup AZ group here. Another mm-hmm. amazing, you know, founders group and mastermind and the community that they bring together and the the philosophy of let's let's build together and then let's support the next generation. Let's keep mm-hmm. giving back. I think we're just at the very beginning of that cycle. You know, we don't have, you know, these industry tycoons that's that founded made foundations in big cities you know Mm -hmm. we're we're just coming off the first wave of big exits and the first tech companies and and things like that and so that community is brand new and by engaging now you are one of the founding partners of that community so that in 20 years you're way further than you could be in a different city yeah there's kind of a, a nascency to Phoenix and kind of the Arizona community, especially from kind of a startup or a, a you know a tech tech based uh, perspective. Yeah. Of like we're still figuring out our identity a bit, and things are still new and fresh. And I love that kind of concept of like, yeah, the community is is just starting to gel and kind of get formed, and leaders kind of popping up and taking that forward. And there's an opportunity there, I think, for really anyone is something I've believed in for over 10 years now of being in business in Arizona is just like, there's more opportunity to take leadership roles here than there is, I think in a lot of more established communities, you know, you walk into anywhere in the Bay area or Boston or New York, or even somewhere like a Portland or Seattle. And and you're saying, Hey, like, I want to establish my company here. I want to, I want to give back to the community. Well, the, the, opportunities to do that are much smaller Mm. um, because they've already been taken that community is more formed it's more established it's it's already got kind of some hierarchies and some like here's who's been doing it for a long time and right uh, well think of the difference between your 400 person lecture hall and my 40 person lecture hall like who do you think has more opportunity to like get a build a relationship with the professor right. you know, when the group is smaller there's more one-on-one attention and we've got that here so it's an advantage yep for sure and it won't last <laughs> hopefully i mean hopefully it grows right yeah and, absolutely and that's that we we shift right we have to change a little bit of what that advantage is but yeah so so question uh what what do you think uh what do you think that means for arizona in the next 10 years like as far as our culture goes like the development of who arizona is right so I know some of that, some of that's going to be defined on who comes. Like maybe there's going to be some new new companies that come. Like maybe um, a Tufton Needle who just you know maybe maybe some more of that happens, and maybe there's some more you know leadership that comes from the outside and then also develops from the inside. So some of that's going to be defined by the people, mm-hmm. right? Of course. But what do you think though? What do you think that means in general though? As Arizona is kind of a maybe it's a container for leadership. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think that means though for the next ten years? Well, what I'd like to see happen is that more big companies uh, either move here, are founded here, and grow large bases of employees here because um, people move through 
those organizations faster. They get trained and they get great experience and then they go out and spin off their own business or they join another startup. And I think part of the talent problem that we have is because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of those big companies where you can appeal to someone that got a great foundation of knowledge at the big company and now wants to spin into a small company or start their own. And so we need more of those businesses. And I think we're just starting to get there. You know, we're building a wave of companies that are growing we need more of those. So it's kind of a heads down effort to build this wave of businesses. Um, but I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Would you uh, would you want an Amazon here? I know that was kind of a big <laughs> conversation point. Like, what was that a year and a half ago when they were shopping for an HQ2? Uh, and there was a lot of discussion around like, is that a good thing or a bad thing for Arizona? And what does that look like? Well, I'm coming at this blind. I, yeah, I wasn't sorry. <laughs> part of the, the that discussion, but I say at face value, yeah, it's a good thing. You know, having those big companies with a lot of tech talent that is here means there's more opportunity for us, you know, smaller companies to to source talent from the bigger companies that mm-hmm. may have the experience, may love the community that they end up in, but don't necessarily love the position that they're stuck in at the big company. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, I think. I think people moving from one business to the next is the future. You know, employees will be more portable in the future. I've talked to a company that, you know, is, is creating benefits plans that the employee takes with them Hmm. from business to business. I think that's part of what is fueling us with Trainual is that when you get everyone on the team to document their knowledge of what and their experience of what they're learning, then if they leave, you're not so mad about it because you've got all that experience and that IP that you can easily pass to the next person. The problem when someone leaves and you're mad about it is because you feel like they're taking all that knowledge with them. And so the more we can make it easier with tech for people to jump from one opportunity to the next, the more they feel like consultants that they can dive in, add some great value, make faster progress in their career. And I think that this ecosystem will support that better if we have some bigger companies here. Mm. See, I thought you. Interesting thought. Yeah, I I thought you. I I thought you'd be like, well, you know, they're they're a big company. They're going to take. They're going to take too much of the leadership in this area. But you're not worried about that. You're more worried about, you know, no, no, bringing the talent. No, more an abundance mindset. You know, if if you're afraid that they're going to steal your your workforce, then you're not playing at market levels you know, Mm. and, and so you need to pay market rates. You need to give market benefits. You need to uh, focus on what makes your culture special. And you need to attract people that appreciate that because if you're worried, everyone's going to leave for the next, you know, big company and you can't compete with that, then how do you expect to compete long-term? We can't keep them out. We have to embrace them. Mm. Right. Love it. Yep. It's like, you have to actually build the attraction, right? Rather than like just a defensive, like keep them out, keep them away. Totally. You can't build, uh, you know, detour signs around Disneyland. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People want to go there, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like if you're going to do anything, have like a like really good teacup startup and just do teacups better than Disneyland, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> a niche theme yeah. park that's just teacups. It's, it's, I'm it's, here for the teacups. Yeah. The riches are in the niches, right? Fast, okay. faster, or hyperspeed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, like I'm sick enough on the teacups already, right? I know, I know. I, I, I'm imagining some some pretty uh, interesting uh, setup around the teacup. Uh, also, also, the what you have to sign to go on the new yeah, 
You have to sped up. You have to sign a waiver that says <laughs> I, I take full responsibility for whatever whatever I've eaten in the last hour. Yeah. Yeah. And they could serve yeah. artisan teas <laughs> and there would just be like a whole theme. <laughs> <laughs> so it won't be as bad and, when you get splashed tea. on you from other people. Yeah. And, and right, just this is going free t shirts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got barfed on at the teacups. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I just thought I'd take it all the way there so we can move on. So um, I do have another question. Uh, uh, so Arizona, so 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 you mentioned maybe we don't have as much um, SAS talent, right? Um, what talent do we have? So I we don't talk much about U of A. It seems like ASU always comes up because we're in Phoenix, but um, like aren't they aren't they good at something? Don't they make like yeah, don't they get a biotech or something like that? My I'm operations able. manager went to U of A, so if she's listening, she, <laughs> go, I'm, I'm very supportive of U of A. And, 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 no, they have some great colleges. <laughs> totally, that's that's what I'm and wondering. Though. I mean, there must be yeah, some ahead. presence here as well uh, up here in the valley in mm-hmm. Phoenix. Um, yeah, medical that's always been like a big strong point for them. Uh, biotech, uh, great engineering school. Uh, a lot of civil engineers here in the valley have come out of U of A. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if they're in, uh, like I'll drop some, some big words, hydro, hydro, hydrology and geomorphology. Yeah. Um, nice. Wow. I know too nice. much about too many weird <laughs> random crap. Uh, <laughs> they're like one of the top schools in the country for that, uh, which is super specialized civil engineering. But, you know, I think just from, from being on the front lines of the hiring process, I think we have a lot of great generalists, mm. you know, because there's, there's a lot of people that have done a lot of things and that adaptability is great for startups. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that's something that, um, you know, we may need more talent for businesses at scale, but we can support a lot of smaller businesses just getting started with, you know, ninja Swiss army knife type people. And we've got those. Yeah. Switching gears just a hair. I want to get back into train a little bit. Like how have you kind of seen, like what's been kind of the trajectory of building the brand for train How have you, kind of seen that have an impact on the business i i i'm, I'm gonna guess there's some of that's actually an internal like kind of a employee centric brand as well but like how how do you see brand in or kind of in the mix of how you guys are building the, the brand company? is everything <laughs> yes <laughs> like that's we didn't pay him everybody we didn't pay him i'm not just saying yeah. That. yeah no but but really i was i was in new york on Monday with Gary V and mm. talking about brand and the difference between personal brand and your logo and just how you think about brand. And, you know, really what you do is a commodity. Anyone could do what you do. Mm. So what makes a customer connect with you over someone else is your brand and how they perceive you and how much they like you. And it has to be a human thing. And so we made the decision when we were building Trainual that we weren't just building it as a faceless logo tech company. We were building it on the heels of my operations consulting firm and the you know 150 businesses that I spent five years consulting for and my experience as a leader with those companies and my experience with the last business and telling those stories, all of our ads that we started with on Facebook were me and my brother on an iPhone walking down the street saying like, hey, do you have this problem? And it's crazy that none of our other competitors or other big tech companies are doing that. You know, they're, everything's so polished and perfect and and that's not human, yeah, you right. know, it's and impersonal. Yeah. And so so I think we've done a great job with investing in the brand and building building Trainual as a simple, accessible, powered by humans 
training manual software. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, we're, go- we're doubling down on that big time. We've got an in-house video producer. We've got an in-house copywriter, content manager. We've got in-house social media. We've, we're almost building an agency to support our SaaS build business. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah think- that seems like it's a growing trend for a lot of SaaS companies is to build that creative talent in-house. Do you think some of that's just like the nature of kind of marketing and the content required for marketing now that's like so real time that there's so much quantity required? Yeah, I don't know, that's something I've been kind of thinking a lot about. The the volume of stuff that you need to put out is huge. The you know, the people that will win this are the ones creating the most relevant content and getting the most eyeballs. And so you need to just be you know, producing things at scale, uh, video, photos, audio, you know, podcasts, uh, blog posts, articles, guest blogs, there's just so much content you could do, right? I don't think working with an agency is a bad thing, though. I think agencies are great, because they provide that outside perspective that you can't always get as the, the, you know, being so close to it. Um, And some people, you know, if, if they're, if they don't have the building blocks for their their strong culture and their people management and they can't uh, attract and retain talent and they've got turnover, then you can waste a lot of money and time trying to do this all in-house. Mm-hmm. So I think an agency can be that like leg of the tripod to get you started or get you get get that consistency until you're mature enough to do it yourself. Mm. Yep. Yeah, totally agree with that. I see it, but we're, <laughs> Chris and I are just like nodding our heads the whole time. Yeah. It's so funny. That's like, some I think we've been talking a lot about over the last couple of years as we like kind of look at our own. I mean, we're an agency at some level. That's mm-hmm. a lot of what we do. And I can't tell you like, how many conversations we have with clients who are like, well, you know, we want to scale all of our content. We help them a lot with content strategy and like, how do we scale that? How do we build it? And I'm always like, well, you know, the end goal here is to build you a team, right? Yeah. Like yep. we can't be that for you forever. Mm-hmm. We can definitely get you started. We can provide some insights. We can definitely consult and provide strategy that maybe you won't be able to do fully in the house. Yeah. But like even do it for a little bit and, and then do it for so a little you can bit. hand it off. Build you, you some know? processes, help you recruit build some processes and yeah. train you will. Yeah. 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 There, there we, go. we go. You know, I think when I was consulting. Actually, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> I have so many ideas after this show, Chris. Uh, Chris Stadler. <laughs> Make that clear. <laughs> Which Chris? Uh, but I, yeah. when I was consulting, you know, it was operations consulting. And when I would talk to a business that didn't have enough customers, the problem is go get more customers. You know, you, you can waste a lot of time on your operations, but you need to get more customers. Yep. That's what every business needs to solve. And so if you don't have a, a, a number of customers or clients that are causing your business operations to be chaotic, then focus on getting customers. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of that's brand and it's advertising mm-hmm. and it's spending money and investing in that area. A lot of people invest too much in infrastructure. You, you want it to break. <laughs> you know, you, you want to bring in enough mm. customers. And so that's what we did with Trainual. You know, when it was just three of us, you know, now we're 18 and it was just three of us. We're spending more than our entire payroll on Facebook ads, you know, and, and we were trying to break the business with the number of customers that we had. Mm. And then as something breaks and you fix it and and the business keeps getting more stable and more mature. But the the driving force for the company is your brand, your advertising, your messaging, it's if if you have the best business in the world but no one knows about it then what good is that yeah yeah it's kind of like the the seth godin you know ethos of like it's better to just ship it than to have it perfect 
Yeah. Um, you could sit there all day perfecting your product and perfecting your operations. And yet, if it's never being stress test, you don't actually know if you've built the right thing. Mm. Right. I right. I can't like I so many like businesses I talk to who are like, you know, so consumed with like building this perfect process, perfect service, perfect product. And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't even launched it yet. So right. how do you even know if it's perfect until people start using it? I, I would rather I, I would that. rather someone build something you know, sell, a, you know, so a hundred people sign up and a hundred people cancel <laughs> rather than you take, you know, a year, two years to build something and you get one person that signed up. You know, if, if a hundred people sign up and a hundred people cancel, your marketing is great. Your product yep. needs work now, yep. but like keep the marketing going. But now you have feedback. Yeah. yeah. Look at the marketing that. and make what the marketing is saying. Right. <laughs> you have a hundred people who wanted something. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just didn't want the thing that you had for them. Right. Well, you know, and too, operationally too, um, you know, as more customers are coming in, it's your business is being stress tested, you know, now you have to make more faster decisions, which can be really good. That builds maturity, you know, with the employees, you know, and so you're, you're, you're growing, you're growing internally too. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a bad thing if you, if you're, you know, clients walk away feeling like they didn't get what they paid for, you know, but yeah. But then you have those conversations, and like you said, you get great feedback. Mm. You build the thing they wanted, and then you give them free access for a few months, and you win mm. them back as a customer. But they, you, you've proven the hardest thing, which is I can get someone to give me their credit card mm. because mm. this is what I said, and this is what they want. And once you figure that Those out, matched up, yeah, yep. and that's that's the secret. And once you figure that out, the product can always get better. The people can always get better, but the way that you message what you do and get people to give you money is the hardest thing in business. So yeah. I think start there. Okay. There we go. That's we'll awesome. put that in the show notes for sure. I know. That's top awesome. tip from Chris Ronzio <laughs> experience growing training. that's awesome. Yeah. We only have a few more minutes. So I thought I'd ask one more question and then we can get to kind of our closing stuff. What's been like maybe your biggest highlight and maybe biggest challenge over the last 18 months since you've started and grown training. It's like a two for one question there. <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, I would say business highlight. We, when we were a team of ten uh, earlier this year, we did a uh, a three day retreat to mm. Lake Tahoe, and so it was outside of Arizona. But we're no, you know, we're here all the that's time. That's awesome. We go there. Get outside. For different experience and that was such a surreal thing to do you know we we did that as a celebration of having the first thousand companies on the platform and mm. getting everyone together and celebrating that win i think was was a highlight and it's something that a lot of companies don't do they don't establish what the wins are and then they don't celebrate when they get there mm. and that's really important for building momentum and building culture so that was a highlight um a a low let's see what's been a low um we for sometimes those are harder <laughs> you don't want to dwell on them <laughs> no it is yeah every, it's just a learning experience yep. right i mean yeah we, or maybe we, biggest like hurdle you've had to overcome maybe we had a you know like we just moved offices up until up until our new office we had about 40 square feet per employee okay and so everybody was kind of just like you know swinging into each other and but back in their chairs into each other that was hard for a while we had one of our earliest employees move to San Francisco. So that mm -hmm. was one of the only, that's the only one person we've lost this yeah. whole time. 
and it was great. We're so very supportive of yeah. her, and and but you know that was it hurts. Yeah, and I learned a lot about hiring and interviewing and and trying to to reengineer that role. So there's hiccups along the way, but yep. um, you know net everything is going in the right direction, that's and that's so awesome. that's what's important. That's super exciting. Well, we're about to close it up. Is there anything like you got any projects, events, or anything particular you want to let our listeners know about? Uh, you want to plug before we uh, close out? Yeah, we've got a lot going on. Um, we're we're starting to sponsor events. If anyone happens to be in Bali at the end of the month, we're sponsoring <laughs> a, a conference in Bali, which sort of a just a fun thing to be That's involved awesome. in. I would say if you know if you're growing a business or working at a business and and you know trying to build your playbook the the number one piece of feedback I've gotten from people that are in that spot is they don't know what they don't know. Hmm. And we built this list of over 150 things you might want to document inside your business. Hmm. If you go to trainyield.com/checklist, it's just a great list to read through to say wow, yeah, we have that problem and haven't addressed it. That's awesome. I'm like already thinking Chris or I are going to be downloading that in a few moments. It's <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> like, that sounds, that sounds awesome. And then so. definitely feel free to reach out to me just at Chris Ronzio on any of the channels. Perfect. Cool. cool. And people can find out more about Trainual through trainual.com. T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L.com. Right. You Hope got it. that right. Yep. Um, and we'll have make sure that's in the show notes. So everybody can click through and get that real easily. Um, Chris, we just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. And yeah. Thank chatting you. with us. This is fun. Telling us more about Trainual and being willing to just like talk about Arizona and experiences here. Yeah. It was super helpful for us. Um, it was a smart conversation. It was super smart. It's good. So we I love it here. Happy it. to share. That's awesome. Uh, and I love that you're building and scaling a SaaS product here in Arizona. That just like gets me so excited. I'm like, yes, more. <laughs> we need more. <laughs> So, um, and just that vision that you're looking to grow something big. That's really cool. So I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to AZ Brandcast today. This has been another fantastic episode. Definitely want to shout out to Chris and Trainual for coming on today. Um, and of course, we want to give some other shout outs, of course, to our sponsors, Conscious Capitalism Arizona, who so graciously make sure that this show happens every single month for us. Uh, and Karen Nowicki, our producer with Phoenix Business Radio X and our she hosts things here. She makes sure that everything is working perfectly. So we all get a great show. It's Karen awesome. is awesome. And our friends here at Max Six who provide the space. So we love them. We love uh Max Six. If you guys want to find out anything more about our show, you can check it out at azbrandcast.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. Uh, so you can always get updates about what's going on with our show, new episodes, and any other updates that we have for you. And then, of course, you can find this show anywhere that you like to listen to your podcast. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're now on Spotify as well. Uh, so if you're looking for getting every single episode or go look through some of our old episodes, we've got some great conversations with people just like Chris who founded amazing companies here in Arizona and are doing great things with them, growing them, scaling them, and giving back, which I think is a really important part of why we want to highlight them on our show. Um, we've got some amazing conversations with people like Heidi Janenga from WebPT or Greg Head, um, who's done a lot of work with SaaS companies here, and even some more uh, traditional style companies. Like uh, we've had Kyle McIntosh from Max Six on. Uh, we've had uh, Adam Goodman from Goodman's Interior Structures. Yep. So tons <clears throat> of great episodes. Every one of them, I think, has at least one like golden nugget of like, ooh, I can take that and go run with it with my business or my leadership within my company. If you're 
you're working for somebody else. So that's right. Definitely go check those out. Yeah, they're all out there. I want to thank everybody, Chris. Always like an awesome time co-hosting with you. Likewise, always a pleasure, never yeah. a chore. Yes, <laughs> we're winning. So thank you, everybody, for checking out AZ Brandcast. We'll see you next yep. time. And don't forget, you are remarkable. Yes. Thank you.